Hi, I'm Dagny Crane. Welcome to our third Infinite Potentials video webcast, The Hidden Jewel, Stress Science. Because of the uh, economic crisis, we jumped ahead to discuss economic order in Episodes 4 and 5. But now, we can discuss the infinite potential modules in a more logical sequence. Adam, what do you mean by hidden jewel? Oh, well, that's a, uh, an image that came to my mind because it, it seems to me like most people uh, are walking down a... It's like most people are walking down a pathway, say in a beautiful forest, but... Some, they're they're kind of depressed and bored, and so their eyes are kind of looking down at the ground, and they completely fail to see a sign hanging from a tree which says, priceless, life-transforming jewel just behind this tree. Oh, P.S., if you do not acquire or pick up this jewel, you're going to suffer. A lot, so, unnecessarily. So close, but yet so far. Uh, everyone gets stressed out sometimes, yeah. but most don't think of stress as a science. Define stress for us. Well, some of us believe that stress science is one of the most important, perhaps the most important physical and mental health science there is. Far more profound, far more capable of transforming quality of life than most people realize. Mm. Hans Selye was probably the first one to apply the word stress to specific mind-body phenomena that, that affects us all. The word stress actually is an engineering term and it, it basically means change. So <clears throat> we might also think of stress science as change science as it applies to health and, and, and learning and cognition and so forth. Thinking of it this way also leads to the invaluable insight that there is good stress and bad stress, or, or I would prefer to say uh, a healthy stress and unhealthy stress. So there is a science and an art to reducing the unhealthy stress, think change, mm -hmm. in life, and increasing the healthy stress or change. So what disorders are stress-related? Well, it would probably be a lot easier to talk about the few disorders that are not stress-related. About 1950, the American Medical Association believed that about 10% of disorders were psychosomatic or stress-related. But by 1970, only 20 years later, the AMA, AMA felt that about 90% of disorders had some stress-related aspect. Now, I think I can demonstrate how 100% of what goes wrong or right with any human being has a stress component, you know. Some feel that since stress refers to the changes that happen to the mind and body, mm -hmm. a strong case could be made that even attempts to heal can produce both healthy and unhealthy, unhealthy stress. stress. Well, for example, chemotherapy. I oh, mean, yeah. even hypertension and many other medications can be fearsomely stressful. So if stress science is such a big deal, well, why don't we know more about it? Because stress science is boring to most people. 
even though it's one of the most powerful and reliable ways to improve the quality of life and even performance. You know, it should be one of the most exciting things anyone would want to learn about. Better than rock concerts, sports, movies, making money, um, maybe even sex, or almost anything you can name, you know? Well, what about, how about religion and spirituality? Well, I think true religion or spirituality or any kind of coherent, creative thinking or philosophy naturally emerges and is, and is enhanced by skillful stress management. In fact, I think virtually all self-actualization systems consider excellent stress management skills an absolutely fundamental foundation and a first place to begin if, if you want to be serious and work uh, on yourself. I think that's true for virtually everyone. Also... Oh. A person's faith and spiritual uh, or spirituality can be among the most effective of all uh, stress management or stress transformation yeah. strategies. Oh, that certainly has been and still is true for you and me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why don't people realize that there is... There's no choice but to learn stress skills because without them, frustration, suffering, I mean, unhappiness is inevitable. Yeah. Well, part of the answer is that our medical, industrial, even educational complex doesn't have enough incentive to bring stress science into the healing process, except maybe in fairly superficial uh, ways. For one thing, if people really practice stress management health care, health care costs are going to be hugely reduced. And despite what is said publicly, most of the status quo, the established order, does not want to reduce health care costs because they believe they would also reduce their own profits. You know, a, a very good example is a study done in the 70s indicating that appropriate and timely stress management and psychological intervention would reduce overall health costs more than any other single strategy. Yet due to what I assert is misguided lobbying, most funding for stress science interventions has been virtually eliminated in favor of medication and other approaches that the status quo thinks is more lucrative. More lucrative. Well, taking a pill teaches the patient nothing about self-regulation. Uh, what's the other part of the answer? Oh, that is uh, even more difficult and, 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 and maybe painful for most of us to face up to. How so? I think it relates to a sense of responsibility. If you go deep enough into stress science and the, and the steps which must be taken in order to apply it, most of us have to give up our excuses because stress science is really based on self-knowledge. And this kind of self-knowledge points to the insight that our own choices, you know, lifestyle, etc., play a huge role, usually the biggest role in what goes wrong and what goes right with us. Mm. Well, I, I hope we're not annoying our listeners. <laughs> yeah, me too. It, it, 
It sounds awfully self-righteous, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah, but like you know and the rest of us don't get it. You know, terrible things can happen to any of us at any time. We can be so devastated that it's hard for us to take responsibility until we heal up a bit and our minds become more clear. You know, I don't want to make people feel worse about themselves, for heaven's sakes, but those who can take the most personal responsibility are by far the most likely to heal more quickly, have the best lives, and highest, most consistent quality of consciousness. Consciousness. Well, doing the best you can with what you have to work with. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes we just need unconditional love for a while. Uh. <laughs> unconditional love is an absolutely mysterious force. It can transform any situation. Yeah. It, it is mysterious. Mm -hmm. Probably it's the, it's the ultimate human potential. Mm. Well, you know, one of the hardest aspects of teaching stress science is how to help people motivate themselves to learn about it so, so they, well, I mean, so we all can reap the benefits. Well, I know lots of people who have attended your seminars and know you help them get more motivated. Well, thanks a lot, but how do we help people make a breakthrough now in 20 minutes or less? <laughs> Convince us that learning about and practicing stress management is choiceless and help us learn the basics. Basics, yeah. You know, when, when most of us think about health care reform, we focus on how the insurance companies, the pharmaceutical industry, doctors, health care mm -hmm. professionals, educators, government bureaucrats, how all of these must change their behavior. For the sake of the economy yeah. and quality of life, they must change. I, I think it's a national emergency. Of course you're right. Mm. But we must somehow develop an, a national dialogue about individual responsibility. You sound like a conservative. <laughs> I guess. But I know you, and we are both independents, conservative about some things like personal responsibility and, and self-sufficiency, yet liberal about creating a sensible social safety net. Too many of us think that whatever is wrong with us, a pillar or, or procedure will fix it. But what is the most important determinant of, of, of individual health? I think of us as... Uh uh, independent progressives. <laughs> anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. a senior scholar at the Institute of Medicine, Michael McGinnis, estimates that only 10% of early deaths are caused by substandard medical care. Uh -huh. I mean, that's a big number, but yeah, still. about 20% stem from social and physical environments and and 30% from genetics. Genetics. The biggest contributor by far is behavior, which is 40%. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> if we, we factored in the way that skillful stress management influences uh, genetics, environment, even medical treatment, then that 40% would grow to a bigger number. I mean, don't you think? Absolutely. Ooh. 
What is the easiest, most efficient way that normal people can make sure they get the benefits of stress science working for themselves? Basics. I guess first see the importance of it. If the interest, the excitement is there, uh -huh. then the rest comes relatively easy. You know? uh, but how do we make stress learning interesting and exciting? Yeah. Well, that's that's what we are doing and have been for decades to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, people learn things because it's fun to do and it's the right thing to do or because of fear. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> Fear as a motivator can have bad side effects and doesn't seem to work so well. So give us some basics. Help us out here. Make it as simple as possible, but no simpler. Mm. You know, I like to think in terms of the three nervous systems. You mean like voluntary, that's the muscular system? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And then autonomic, that's the emotional system? Well, that's right. And central, the brain, spinal cord, and... And all the nerve pathways. Exactly, exactly. You know, a classic way to learn is to start with the easy uh -huh. and move to the more difficult. Begin with the gross and then move toward the more subtle. You mean like begin by learning to relax the muscles? Exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> then you can work on the breathing which will influence the autonomic nervous system. Mm. If muscles are very relaxed yeah. and breathing is rhythmical and natural and there are many techniques for quieting and developing and even evolving the central nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. All of this, doing all these things as a combination and done in simple and natural ways is what I mean by teaching yourself your own personal path of of, of meditation and, and, and contemplation. Contemplation. You know. If you take stress management far enough, then a unique form of personalized meditation emerges. Exactly. <sighs> as far as I can see, it, it works. It works just, just like, like that. that. Yeah. Well, recently you were one of the first inductees to the Brain and Biofeedback Museum and Hall of Fame, and you haven't brought up biofeedback at all. Uh, of all, uh, why? Well, I think of biofeedback as an advanced, almost extreme stress management strategy. Oh. I intended to discuss it later in in later episodes. You know, if if you learn the basic stress science techniques and strategies and then apply biofeedback to them, you can amplify the effectiveness of some of these techniques by up to 10 times. Wow, that's thousand percent. Yeah, and that's exactly why we devoted decades of our life to it. Yeah. it it's a it's a. It's a wondrous technology of self-knowledge, you know, and I consider biofeedback to still be in its infancy. <laughs> and knowing yourself is perhaps the most important kind of knowledge. Well, of course. I think everybody agrees with that. 
Actually, one of the most powerful motivators to learn stress science comes naturally if a person gets the insight that it's actually possible to know oneself better. And, 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 and it can be relatively simple. And, and, and easy. If a person sees how much fun self-knowledge adventuring is. <laughs> Almost anything can happen. Yeah, that's why we call this the Infinite Potential Series. So, how can the ordinary person learn how to apply stress science in, in his or her own life? You've got to make it a top priority because every area of life will get better. My old friend L. John Mason wrote a classic book that has been a godsend to many. I think it must be in its 10th printing or something. It's called A Guide to Stress Reduction. Uh -huh. You can get it on Amazon. And what about your book, Mind Fitness Training, especially Chapter 4, which is over 100 pages long? Uh, you also provide an introduction to neurofeedback. Well, neurofeedback is an advanced radical stress science application if there ever was one. Oh. Uh, well, things mm. change science, mm. right? And, and how do we help folks build a motivational fire in themselves? Mm. I mean, how can we help them see how stress science can transform their lives? Fire. Mm. That's the key. <laughs> because fire means energy. And some people will be powerfully motivated if they realize that excellent stress skills are the fastest, best, cheapest way to get more energy. What kind of energy? Life energy. Uh -huh. uh, physical, emotional, mental, creative mm. energy. Ever, almost everyone uh, wants and needs more energy, especially as we get Older. <laughs> and um, how does this energy thing work? Well, the organism is an energy-generating system. However, the maladaptive stress response drains energy faster from the organism than almost any other factor. Uh -huh. If one, if, For example, if one learns how to relax the muscles, then the energy used to maintain unnecessary muscle tension is conserved, uh -huh. builds up. And breathing correctly while relaxing the muscles also reduces energy wastage in the autonomic or emotional, in the emotional system. Precisely. Mm -hmm. If one can do that, then it becomes possible to quiet the central nervous system. Unnecessary and counterproductive thinking, for example, diminishes one gets more sensitive. And, and what does, or where does all of this saved energy go? I mean, it, it, it must be building up. Yeah, it is building up. It is. And when the energy builds up to a certain point, there's a kind of explosion. And that explosion is some of the best words I've heard of, to represent the creative process. Oh, takes enormous energy to be creative. <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, babe, you get the final word. <laughs> well,
Well, we will continue focusing on stress science, the hidden jewel, in Episode 7. Oh, Adam, you can relax now. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, cutie. <laughs> <laughs> 